This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Um, or a poem uh, that leads it in, all right? And it, it's, it's always near the very front of the book. Um, it could be facing, it could be on the left facing uh, contents page, um, or it could be standing alone, all right? What follows next then is your contents, n- known as type of contents. Uh, current books are usually calling it a contents page and leaving off the table of. It will list any major divisions of your book, including any parts if used. If you have chapters with titles on it, that would be included in here. Uh, and then with that said, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has possessed punch and panache author you is for you if you're a hobbyist or a casual author it's not join author you today through its website at authoru.org. follow author you on twitter at author you and on facebook at author you where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily author you where the author goes to become seriously successful Impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books 
and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so we're talking about the anatomy of a book. Your anatomy, how do you put this baby together? Because this is one of the frequent questions that I would get on my uh, weekly coaching calls where I have authors who call in from all over the country. And that, and I would encourage you if you want to participate on that, it's, it's called Author Friendly Fridays. You can find it on thebookshepherd.com. Um, and it's available twice a day. Um, I live in the mountain zone, which is Colorado. It's at 7 a.m. my time. That would be 6 Pacific Coast um, or 9 o'clock East Coast. And that I do it twice on Friday that people can call in. Sometimes they just want to listen to questions. Uh, or they get, depending on the numbers of calls that are there, that they get coaching. And they can get all their questions answered um, during that time. So you've got two times during the day. You've got seven mountain time or noon mountain time. And there is a cost to it. It's $27. But, you know, when you think about what my normal coaching call is, <laughs> this is a piece of cake. Um, so take advantage of that. But question is, how do we lay these books out? So I'm kind of going through, this is the front matter right now. And what we're, we're talking about, you know, we've gone from the table of, we're into the table of contents now or the contents page. And another thing that you might want to add on the contents page, besides if there is questions um, in that, if there is a, a variety of things that, that you can get, you can put together, um, uh, that would give more detail that sometimes it helps but let me just say this with the table of contents it's messy 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 um, if you try to put in I've seen people put subheads in of all that do not go down that route stick with the chapter if you've got parts or sections I would identify those and then what chapters come in with whatever the title is of the chapter and that would be pretty much what you have if you have an acknowledgement page uh, thanking people who helped put the book together, you would I would include that in my table. If there is a foreword, you would include that. If there's an introduction, you would include that. If there is, um, sometimes it makes sense if you've got appendices, put the appendices, just, just label that's a section, appendices. If there is an index, I would put that. And if there is, maybe you have a few tables or figures. Um, if, if not a bunch, uh, you could put those kind of interspersed with the chapters. But here's another idea. It may make sense to just make after the full contents with the chapter titles, you just have a section for tables or figures and then what the titles are for those. So that's, you know, how I would handle it. And I've, and I've had to handle it in some of my nonfiction books. That's not going to be a fiction issue. Um, and so, and, and as this is, that then you would have the contents that would follow your list of figures, that list of tables. All right, your foreword, um, it's going to pop up next in the layout of the book. Your foreword will come that, and I've got to tell you, this is a boo-boo 
I consistently see forward is spelled F-O-R-E-W-O-R-D. I cannot tell you how many times people have given me material that has spelled F-O-R-W-A-R-D. You know, I think that sounds cool, but the reality is, and I'd like to think that they're going to go forward and march, but this is not how you spell it in here. A forward is usually written by someone else, not you. It's written by someone else um, that will give you kudos, that will uh, apply credibility um, and support for you and your book. Um, and it is signed, and you usually put the authors, whoever wrote it, their name, maybe where they're located, and the overall date of it. Next in your layout of your front matter would be your preface. And that this is you. These are like notes from you um, that it, it tells how the book came into being and may be signed with your name here and the place and the date. That's optional um, on that. All right, then what comes up next? And, and here's what I'm going to caution you with. We're talking a lot of pages. People get impatient. So... Um, I, I'm going to give you a couple of shortcuts before we get into the body of the book. But next up, after a preface, if there is one, is an acknowledgement. All right. Now, understand that there is English English, um, like in British English, and American English, uh, Canadian English. And Canadian English would follow guidelines of the British English. And what you want to be aware of is that uh, the, the, the Brits... Uh, spell certain words differently. Um, one of them is the word acknowledgments. There is going to be an extra E. There will be three E's in the British version of English for acknowledgments. In the American, there's only two. So the E is missing after the letter G. All right, this is where the author gives kudos, shout-outs, and gratitude for those who have helped in the creation of the book. Um, on, on a, just on a side note, some entrepreneur authors have attempted to use acknowledgments to enlist the help of well-known people. Um, and I'm thinking that that's not a good idea uh, to do that. And it may be someone who has really been influential in you, or maybe you attended a training. I have one of my clients who really feels Tony Robbins was really a key point in leading to success. And he acknowledged Robbins and, and sent him a book in that point as a is ingratitude that's ingratitude not to get or pull anything from him in that purpose another t another thing is that sometimes acknowledgments are put in the back of the book and i know that i've been putting them in the back of my books for the last several books all right then we have an introduction all right this is where you as the author might set out what the goals and purposes of our, the book, um, as well as maybe even tell, you know, what's the organization and the scope of the book. This would be in a nonfiction book. So um, now I'm going to talk about some shortcutting that if you, you can put the preface and introduction together here, but I'm also going to, forwards are different. If you've got someone of renown who has written a forward that really does support you and your work in the book, you definitely want that. But here's what happens. We've gone through a lot of pages already before they can get to the book. 
and that what you want to be tuned into is that time frame. And also, here's what's happening. A lot of people don't read the introduction, and they don't read the preface. They skip over it. You may have some really core stuff, really important stuff in here to set up your book. This is, I'm talking to nonfiction authors. I would encourage you to just tweak it a little and make it chapter one. Set the stage. It could be part of your own story that's in here. Set the stage and lead it into the book. And you, that would be page one. That, that would be, in most cases, my advice that you go this way. For nonfiction, or for fiction, there is something that's many times called a prologue. And it really sets the stage. It, it, the whole scene for what the story is going to be unfold, it's a voice of a character from within the book. It is not your voice. And it could be, you know, back long ago. Or it could be really a foreword. If I'd only known this was going to happen. Kind of thing. All right, that's the prologue. All right, then you could have, if it's a front matter, and this is what happens when you, as I'm talking about, really get it really long. If you've got a whole long that sometimes uh, publishers will drop in kind of a second half title um, that, that really is actually identical to the very first. Remember, the half title is just the title of the book, the author's name. All right, it's just a subtitle is included. That's it. No pictures, no anything. Um, although, you know, if, if you duplicated, you didn't have it up there, you could skip. Or you could, if you did include it, I would include uh, the illustration underneath of it. And it just says, okay, it's coming. The book's coming. Here we go. And it, it, if that's the case of a fiction book, it will force the opening on the left side of the book because this is going to be on the right side. It will be on the left side. My preferences, and I don't care if it's fiction or nonfiction, my preference for the opening chapter is that it starts on the right side and we'll recommend that to you. Now, splitting out again against fiction and nonfiction, that fiction books usually run. They're, they're, they're called running chapters. And if the chapter ends on the right side, then the, when you turn the page, the left side opens up the next chapter. Nonfiction is not treated that way. Nonfiction, the traditional way, is that all chapters will open on the right side. Okay? Now, with that said, we are into the body of the book. That, this is the main portion of your book, the core of what you're doing. Um, and you could have, if there is a part, if you have parts or sections, opening pages, I would suggest to you in the creation of them, you pretty them up and maybe you pull an element. You have your designer pull over an element uh, from your book that kind of just, you know, a little crisp. And there could be maybe a different element. If you have four sections, maybe a different element of each um, a part of your cover that comes over into the book. It maybe is grayscaled um, with the section title, and then it goes into that. All right. Now, so with that said, then you get into the book, book, and the design. And I think that one of the things that we're seeing is a lot more prettying up of these books as we go along. 
and we're seeing the the kind of elements I'm talking about. Sections, I always want to get this cover and pull it apart. And I know when we're doing uh, working with a designer for a book that we will tell them what this is about. Uh, they will have the cover and we work with them in sampling and the author gets to kind of cherry pick what they love, which I think is cool. All right, we're going to take another quick break. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. I'm Judith Bryles, your book shepherd. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. Take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks. Built by independent publishers for independent publishers, Ingram Spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential. Color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand, global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self-publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602-866-3226. 1106design. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. 
At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so we're talking about the anatomy of a book, how we put together, and we really kind of moved through it. We're into the body of the book. We're talking about the part openings, um, sections that you could do for both fiction or nonfiction. doesn't matter. And I think it just, it, um, it's eye candy. Think of it as eye candy. So when you can use images, I like to pull it from the cover uh, of sections that we're looking around or themes that we use within what the theme of the book is. And it's something that I think that I wouldn't, uh, I would take suggestions certainly from the designer, but you may have some ideas, to, but their job is to pretty it up here um, of what you could do and and bring it in, and it gives that break. Remember, a lot of people are doing read more like a magazine layout with their space and, and that kind of area. In the body of it, make sure, uh, I am known, I'll tell you, as the hyphen Nazi among the designers I work with, because I have, I have just some, some rules. Number one, that I do not want any opening chapter to have the first line hyphenated. I understand what they call hard hyphens um, that that are you know easy to do where you have a really clean word like stepchild, step hyphen child. That's a hard hyphen. It's really easy peasy to do. Um, Self publishing. There's another type of hard hyphen that really is hyphenated word. That's an easy peasy. That's not going to bug me. But when you start seeing, you know, all of a sudden a couple of letters or something, you know, either have you come. I, my suggestion is you come up with another word or you uh, see if it if it's squeezable or push over. And if you're doing ragged where you don't have the justified layout, um, it's easier to stay away from hyphenated words. But. That uh, so the ragged makes it easier. It's justified. You're going to have more of them. I, my rules are: I don't want to see the first first line hyphenated. I don't ever want to see two lines in a row with hyphenated words, um, and I don't want to see more than three hyphens on a page. So <laughs> they all know my rules um, because I think it gets ugly in the layout of it. And I'm someone who loves books and it really does relish the beauty of what the layout and the design can do. So I'm looking for those kind of things and, and the spacing of that. But that's something that you might want to think about. Also, that a, a good designer, and that's one of the problems is because self-publishing and the do-it-yourself trend and everyone can throw it up on Ingram Spark or CreateSpace, is they really don't think about the what we call orphans and widows. And that basically is... When a line is dangling at the, either at the end of a page all by itself, a new paragraph all by itself, or at the top of the page, it's a completion of, of another, or heaven forbid, let me just say this, 
a hyphenated word that's on the very last line then that's carried over on the next page. Come on, let's get in and pretty it up, fix it up, change a word out, change a sentencing, maybe, maybe break up a paragraph. The other thing I want to say in your body of your work is pay attention to your paragraph link. We are not all Hemingways, all right? We're not all some of these people. I've seen books that literally go on for a page into the second page, all in paragraph. Help your readers eyeballs. Um, and yes, I get it's all connected, but there is very logical places within these long paragraphs that you can take a break. And this is the way sometimes you can get rid of some hyphens. This is the way to get rid of some of these orphans and widows that, that could be hanging around um, and take care of it. Short, short, shorter paragraphs. And I really was resistant to this for a long time, but I was a columnist for 10 years with the business journals. And one thing that I learned to love was a one-sentence paragraph. Sometimes it was very complete. Even one-word sentences. So think about this as you go along. All right, so the body, the body of the work. And you have these opening pages, fiction and nonfiction we covered. Your chapter opening page is, and most, in, in, in most of them, in the chapter opening, most fiction just starts off with text. I'm going to encourage you, let me just talk about a couple little tricks that I love to do, and you can always tell um, when I've had my hands on a book that I use in nonfiction, I use callouts, a couple of them in every chapter, um, where I'm looking for something that's poignant. Sometimes it's an oh my, uh, oh my God statement. Um, sometimes it's um, really an emotional, um, you know, he said, what? Well, you've got to be kidding here type of thing. And I will duplicate that line. I don't want it to be more than a line. I will, and meaning a complete sentence, or sometimes I've gone in and cut it. I've picked it up in the middle and continued it. But that, uh, a line, so it's not real long, and I will duplicate it and have the designer repeat it in uh, some type of a, a different, it could be a different font, it could be a shaded, it could be some type of a visual um, altering of it. And I would have them drop it in a few paragraphs above. It's like a tease. Now, if you, if you read magazines, this is what you see. It's kind of teasing. Those are call-outs. I also um, will look. This is both fiction and nonfiction. I will look for a line within a chapter that kind of, it's not so much a summing up. It could be a setting of a stage, but it's it's a it's about what's going to unfold in front of their eyes as they read through. And I will put that, I will repeat that line and put it before the body of the chapter starts. So it just, you know, does it, does it add more pages? What I just told you? Yep, it does. But it makes it a fuller, richer reading experience. Now, if you're doing an audio book, you, you know, you don't, repeat those. You're, the narrator wouldn't be repeating those. This is for the reader to have. And with the way, way that they can do some of the ebooks today, you can have all these little fancy dancy things um, as you go along. But it, it just, it does make a difference on it. So those are be part of the opening. 
And as we've said earlier, that uh, traditionally nonfiction books start on the right side. Um, there could be an end for uh, fiction books. There, it's going to be a running start. So when, when a page ends, the next page starts the next chapter. Um, that you also can have on those opening chapters uh, that you may you drop. Maybe there's some, um, if there's imagery within it, that's going to force some of the body of the, your words your text down and also very very common um, in an opening chapter there could be a raised when the, the first letter maybe is raised three lines or dropped down three lines sometimes the first three to five words are treated they're bolded they're shaded there's a different uh, uh, feel to it I had one book where it had a, a the title uh, was very it was huge of course uh, in relationship to the text of it, but the title of the book had a very distinct monogram of the first letter. We actually carried that monogram letter in to make it the first letter of each chapter, and it was very cool um, when you saw it, so we, we loved that. All right, now, there could be an epilogue, and this often happens with a, a fiction book. It's an ending piece. It can be either in the voice of the author or it could be a continuation of just the narrating. And, and the purpose of it is just, this is a closure here. We're closing this book up here and, um, and, and to let it go. For nonfiction, I'm a big believer of using a final word or an afterword chapter. And that it deals with the book as a whole. I always, I mean, I tell my authors, this is kind of your go forth and multiply uh, you can do it, uh, that uh, that anything is possible if you take these nuggets and tips and steps and strategies, whatever we want to call them, within the book. It is, in my opinion, short. And I'm talking about a couple of pages and in your voice. And then sometimes some people even have a conclusion, might be a brief summary of all the main points um, and arguments within the book uh, that brings it about. This would not be in fiction. This would be for nonfiction. All right, so that brings up the whole body, your body of your book. As you, as you come out, as you put it together, uh, the, the, the core items on it, and, and then you're going to go into um, your final section, which is going to be the back matter. And then with the back matter, you're going to have multiple components. This is where a lot of goodies can come in. If you didn't use the acknowledgments in the front matter, this is where you're going to move it into the back matter. And, you know, that makes sense here. And you'll have it, uh, and again, sometimes acknowledgments are very short, um, and sometimes they can get very long and lengthy as they go on. And I've, I've seen some acknowledgments run three and four pages, and that's a lot, okay? So that you, you just have to make a decision there. And by the way, if you're going to have a longy one, put it in the back matter. All right, with that said, we're going to take a final break and we'll come back and look at all those components of the back matter. This is Judith Riles. It's all for you, your guide to book publishing. 
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today. 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207. Or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. You are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives, you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. Choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978-458-2345 and ask for Tom Campbell. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR, perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask if you want to write and publish a book if you want to be successful as an author your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask is for you stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics scenarios and strategies on what to do now to get you published so let's get back to the show and here again is your host dr judith bryles 
All right, so our final segment, we are at the back of the book, the layout of the book. And this is, you know, you bring it all together, that afterward, your final thoughts, you go forth, you can do it, um, is part of the core of, of the book. Now, I'm going to make one other suggestion after that, um, before you really get into, I need, I should have said this before, that as a fiction writer or nonfiction who is doing a series of books, I think it is smart, marketing smart, to let your readers know that there's more to come. Like, wait, 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 there's more. And that that you will include teaser, teaser of, of you know, the journey continues. Um, if you have the book cover done for that book, you include it. If you have, uh, you can just, you know, script that. And, and I would include a chapter, one or two chapters, and just let them have that. I have one client right now who's got a seven-book series, and we're laying out the first book. Actually, the next two books are pretty much written. They're doing in the tidy-up art, but they're good enough that we can look up, that we can tighten it, even if, even if there's some changes. We can come back and fix that, but it lets, here's why you do it. It lets the reader know that you're worthwhile in investing their time. There's more to come, especially if we've got characters that are continuing in the next book. So I, I just really advise you to do that and let them know that they're there and you get them written. All right, so the true back matter. All right, so we talked about if you had the acknowledgments, if you didn't do it to the front, we've moved them back here. Now, you then you've got other goodies in it. So this is, you know, the, the, the after, this is the after the writing, so to speak. This is where, number one, your appendix um, or any atom items are going to be dropping in. Um, I've got a client nonfiction book who has almost 10 appendices. And, and there's another idea here. And your appendix can include any kind of source documents that you use in the text. Um, it could be forms or special tables that you didn't want to include in the body, but you've moved back here. Um, you could also, and, and, and what I love to have is an appendix contents page showing up right here. And if, especially if you have multiple appendices that you just, just a title to each one, what they are, so they can quickly get to it. You could also just, you could have an appendix page and you could really, here's a thought, refer them to your website to pick them up. And in fact, you could even put in a password to get into the appendices, which only the book reader is going to know. You know, that if you need any of these forms and they're available, they're available on my website because you have this book, you get them for free. And maybe you even make them that, you know, you could say that they're downloadable, you know, up to three times or five times or something like that. But this is a way to save paper, um, especially if you have lots of them. It's just to throw them back to your website um, to, to pick it up there. All right. So if there is uh, sometimes for my fiction writers, they want to share a chronology of what's happening. I mean, sometimes maps are included for the, the historical fiction, fantasy fiction. They have all these kind of goodies that they can add on to them. 
and it, it, it in a way it's kind of a little mini index because it really does move forward but you can have those in if you do endnotes i am not a fan you notice i haven't said footnotes i'm not a fan of footnotes i get it in academic or clinical type of writings that you have them i find them disruptive and and you know having advanced degrees I don't use them. I mean, I remember reading my own texts. They started to drive me cuckoo, but that um, I prefer to use what's called endnotes. So you would still use the subscript in the body of it. They, you would have an endnotes chapter, and then within the endnotes chapter, it would be chapter one, you know, page blah, 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 you know, whatever the subscript is, and you could refer them to the page what it's on, or you just put out what it is and you give the information of what you're citing to there and then it maybe there's nothing in chapter two chapter three but there's something in chapter four you would go by chapter four all right so those are end notes there's also something called a glossary and this is could be an alphabetical list of terms their definitions they're usually restricted to more of the specific subject area now for fiction i'm going to do a caveat here that uh, when Amazon is doing, uh, because of the way they go through and review books and the sensitivity of errors, if you're a fantasy writer or you're writing historical fiction or you've got oddball spellings of names, sometimes it is a really good idea to have kind of a who's who in the books. And you know what? I put it in the front matter. So the Amazon bots would see this that and it says this is what the name is and this might be the connected to the character related to the characters um, who the players are because then you won't get thrown under the bus for misspellings and again this is an oddball spellings and names and we see them all the time otherwise a full-blown glossary would go into the back of the book um, with that, if you have a bibliography of any sort, this is going to follow next. And this could be uh, citations of other books or works you recommend or, or articles, websites, fill in the blank. Now, I want to just, uh, one of the things that I like is that uh, in the old days, I can tell you I was guilty of this too. In the old days, we used to cite a whole bunch of books that maybe you use, you reference, you're aware of, you think that they might merit. I'm going to suggest you narrow that down. And I like to see sections, kind of a subsection within a bibliography, if it is used. Um, and a, really a line, a line about why this book might be important to the reader. That's just my preference. If you have any other contributors to your book, this would be non, usually nonfiction. Um, that, uh, that that this is where you would might uh, give their names, and you would do it alphabetical, usually by last name first, um, and that it, just a very uh, short bio. You see these in anthologies all the time. Uh, sometimes it's included at the end of a chapter, but sometimes if you have a lot of collaborators within a book, you would have it there. All right, next up would be an index. Um, and indexes are not necessary. Dual in fiction, nonfiction, especially if you want your book to find its way to a library 
or if you've got a book that really could find its way into a university of some sort. You want an index, and there are people who specialize in creating index. There's very sophisticated software. This is, uh, yes, Word has something to put together an index, but um, there are ways to when, dive down. Um, my, my husband does indexing, and that he says, well, I'm going to go down 500 levels. I'm going, what does that mean? And it's just citing a word, diving down deeper, deeper, deeper. Um, if within a text, looking for those words. Now, if you're going to be using an index, if there are special words, oddball spellings of them, you need to let the indexer know. That's a good idea. Secondly, if there's locations or sightings with it, let the indexer know what they are so they're included um, in cookbooks that you're, you know, you have your recipes and things. So they're going to be cookbook indexing is a little bit different, but they're variables of that. And make sure that you have a list. If you've got figures, I would even consider putting under the index under F, figures, and list out what all the figures are and where they go in that. So indexing is very important. Um, and then also make sure once you get the index, you go back and check it out if it's these things match up. The other thing is, be aware of this. If you start changing your book once the index is in place, if you add in a page uh, in, in your book, if not at the end, if it's all of a sudden the middle of a page is added, your entire index is thrown off. The index is not done until the very last, the very last of it. All right. And then just a couple of other things. If there's any kind of an error in the book, um, an, an error notification from an earlier edition might be put in or maybe something is caught in the production uh, process. Uh, they did. I've seen that happen in kids' books where they, and they send the kids on an adventure. It's a way to save a book sometimes. Um, and, and, and then lastly, in, in minor, if you are writing a fiction book, if this is a book for a book club, I would include a bunch of questions that could be used for a book club um, in there. So that would be that would come right before you start getting in all the end. I would do it um, after the the uh, j just before you get into any kind of an epilogue um, or appendices that you would include in that. And with that, that is the anatomy of a book layout. I'm Judith Bryles. It's author you, your guide to book publishing. Happy New Year to all of you who are listening to this in lifetime. And then we will be back next year with all new shows. We don't repeat any. Have a great year. And let's good forward with great publishing. Great. Being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each week, a variety.